What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at We Are Ablaze. Going to continue talking about the depths of His love. Amen. Now, listen. If you want to know how to live a life of devotion to God, if you want to know how to live as an overcomer, if you want to know how to live worry-free, if you want to know how to live anxiety-free, if you want to live free from sin, if you want to live free from the opinions of others, if you want to be secure in who you are, it starts right here, having faith in God's love. His love has completely set me free. I say this all the time that Jesus is the cure for the insecure. And the reason why I say that is because when you know his love, nothing else really matters. I think it was Lauren or somebody posted this on Instagram today. They shared it. And this lady, she wrote this. She said, love is not found on February 14th. Because you all know that's Valentine's Day with the little Cupid. I mean, and she said, love is not found on February 14th. Love is found in John 3.16. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, you know? And I was like, but it's so real. That's where love is found. And let me tell you something. If you'll get a hold of his love for you, everything else will change. His love. This is why I don't have to be afraid of the challenges of the day. And I'm not making light of them. They're very real. Everybody maybe doesn't know what's going on in the world, but we know that there's troubles and trials and tribulations. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And since he overcame the world and he lives in you, you overcome the world. You know why you're an overcomer? Everyone just say, I'm an overcomer. You want to know why you're an overcomer? Because God loves you. Because Jesus loves you. And the Bible says that love's been shed abroad in your heart. So let's dive into it. And it's going to be awesome. I got some amazing stuff for you guys tonight by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19 out of the Message Bible. It says this. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open up the door and invite him in. I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus Christ the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Ooh, I like the way that words it. So fancy. <laughs> the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Love. The New Living Translation says this, we'll never fully understand that love. You know what's crazy though? You don't have to fully understand it. Just the little bit of understanding that you have concerning his love is enough to radically change your life. You don't have to fully understand it. You just have to know a little bit and understand a little bit. And just that little bit of his love is good enough to change our lives. Just that little bit of his love is good enough to set us free. Everyone say, I'm free. You'll be able to take it in with all the followers of Jesus Christ, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Taste the length. Plumb into the depths. And that's what I want to talk about. Plumbing into the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Now listen to me. As we praise God, it dives us into the depths of his love. This is important why we do what we do. When we come in here and we praise God, and I'm going to get into it a little bit tonight, but I'm just so excited. When we praise God, we're not praising because we're trying to get victory. We're praising because we have victory. And the reason we're praising and the reason we have victory is because we have his love love. Amen. And so I'm not trying to get something from God. That's not why I praise. I'm praising because I've got something from God. And what I got from God is victory. And the reason I have victory is because I have his love. 
Everyone say, he loves me. First John 4, 16, the NIV says this. And so we know and rely on the, I'm sorry. And we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And I wrote this down. Know his love. Rely on his love. And live in his love. Know his love. Now listen to me. What do I mean, know his love? you got to believe in that love. Believe that God loves you. Rely on that love. Now listen, I rely on the love of God. I rely on the love of God so strongly that anytime something comes up, I know I'm going to get through because I can rely on God's love. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, He never leaves me and never forsakes me. He's always with me. So I grab a hold of that scripture and I know it's true. Why? Because He loves me. He loves me so much that in my ugliness and in my sin and in my mistakes, he still doesn't leave me. And because he never leaves me, I can rely on that love, know his love, rely on his love, and live in his love. Isaiah 54.10, out of the advice says this, Though the mountains will be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who is compassion on you. 1 John 4.16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love. Say he's love. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say, he's love. love. Now, we talked about this. This is real love, guys. This is not secular love. This is not worldly love. This is not middle school love or high school love. It's not based on emotions. It's not based on feelings. It's not based how good they look with their makeup on or how bad they look with their makeup off. It's not based on any of that. God's love, real love, is a commitment. And he's absolutely committed to you. And he's absolutely committed to your well-being. And that's why when we get a revelation of this, impossible things become possible. Unimaginable things become reality. Simply because we now understand he loves us. Someone say, he loves me. Do you know how much he loves you? It's not rhetorical. I'm actually asking, do you know how much he loves you? Do you really know, do you really know how much God loves you? I don't think we do, and I feel like this is partially my responsibility and maybe Cody's responsibility. I need to get better at communicating to you how much God loves you because everything you do and everything you are must be rooted in that love that he has for you. My confidence doesn't come from Robert. My confidence comes that the Savior and the creator of the universe loves me. Cody and I were talking about it this morning on our podcast. The reason I can get up here and just act crazy and be foolish is not because I'm concerned about what you're going to think, but I can do all those things because I know that God loves me. And when you know that God loves you, it sets you free from what people think. now, Now I don't need the approval of man because I have the approval of God. This revelation of his love is so empowering. And it's so good. And listen, I'm telling you, and this is where it starts. And Cody, when we started talking on the podcast many, many months ago when we first started it, he was saying this a lot. It starts here. you got to believe in it. Everyone say, I believe. believe. What is belief? We call that in our circles faith. (laughs) you got to have faith in that love. 
You gotta have faith in that love. That song we were just singing, let me step out on the waters. You know how you step out on the waters? Because you believe in his love. And you know if I step out on these waters, I'm not gonna sink because God loves me. He's gonna hold me up. He's gonna take care of me. His love is unchanging and unfailing. It's everlasting. And he does not change his mind about me. It's a good love, but I need you to believe in this love. And when you believe in this love, it'll produce a confidence on the inside of you that all things are possible. Romans 8.37 out of the Barren Study Bible says this, knowing all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I love that. What is more than a conqueror? That means you didn't have to fight for it, but yet it's yours. This is why I'm going to say it a lot tonight. I'm not fighting for the victory. I'm rejoicing because I have the victory. I'm not fighting for the victory. I'm rejoicing because I have the victory. Faith in the love of God makes you more than conqueror because now you aren't fighting to get victory. You're rejoicing because you have victory. Someone say, I have victory. First Corinthians 5, uh, now I'm getting to something, and we're about there. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks unto be God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, through his love, you have victory. John, 1 John 5, 4 says, Because everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. Now I just want to stop right there. Every challenge you have faced and every challenge you will ever face can be overcome because of God's love. Men's philosophy don't help you overcome your challenges. Men's opinions don't help you overcome your challenges. It is the love of God that will equip you and empower you to overcome the challenges of this life. Amen. If you have his love, you have all that you need. Because everyone born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith in what? Faith in his love. When I know he loves me, I can overcome everything. When I know he loves me, it produces a freedom in my life to live my life. And that's a powerful place to be. Because now it removes all the pressure. I don't have to perform, I just get to live. See, I don't have to perform for God's love. He already gave it to me. I just have to receive it, and then it will help me. Amen. And so we just had the Super Bowl. Uh, was it Sunday or was it a week ago? It was Sunday. Like, time is so weird. Did anybody actually watch the Super Bowl? Did, no, I didn't. I was here teaching Bible Institute. Did anyone watch, watch the halftime show? It's so weird to me that they had a bunch of 50-year-olds up there. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like we can get someone more relevant, somebody that's more like, uh, <laughs> what? What are you, whoa, 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 huh? <laughs> Why is it too far? I still feel like the best halftime show in the last couple years was Bruno Mars because he was like more relevant than like Dr. Dre. Have ever of you guys ever bought a single song of Dr. Dre's? Have you? Have you bought a song? What? Tomatoes? Does anybody in here even know a Mary J. Blige song? Do you? Do you have her albums? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right, well, throw stones at me, whatever. All right, I just feel like they can do better at halftime. 
Now, listen, I'm not saying I don't like those guys. I, well, I don't anymore. I used to have all their music. I'm just saying they seem a little old for you guys. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's, I, whatever. All right. So I guess you're into it. I don't know. That's fine. So anyways, there was this Super Bowl <laughs> that happened. And, uh, you know, the Bengals and the Rams, they played. And uh, I didn't know anything about this player until like midway through the year when Von Miller from the Denver Broncos got traded to the Rams. I kind of started following the Rams a little bit because I really wanted Von Miller to get another ring and now he got a ring. You should listen to next week's podcast because Cody and I talk about it. It's weird how their benchmark for greatness is only a Super Bowl. Like if you don't win a Super Bowl, you're never great, which is kind of weird to me. But anyways, um, and then I found out about this wide receiver. His name's Cooper Cup. And the dude is really, really awesome. And I didn't know much about his story. And then I saw this post-game interview that I'm going to play for you guys here in just a minute. But remember what we're talking about. We're talking about the love of God. Everyone say the love of God. And we're talking about his love sets us free. And when we're free because of his love, there's an empowerment that comes with it. And this empowerment that comes with it says, you know what? I can climb this mountain because I have God. And it doesn't matter if I have the support of this person. doesn't matter if I have the support of this university. doesn't matter if I have the support of this team. I can climb this mountain in front of me because I have the support of God. He is now receiving his love, has liberated me. And through that liberation, I'm now empowered to be who I'm supposed to be. And being who I'm supposed to be is going to allow me to do great things in my life. Listen to me, guys. If you want to be great in this life, just grab a hold of the love of God. And when you grab a hold of that love of God, you will be empowered to be who God has called you to be. And when you're empowered to be who God has called you to be, not who the world tells you you're supposed to be, not according to your feelings, who did God say you are? When you get that in your spirit, you will do great things. But it's through this love with our creator that empowers us to do great things. And so I saw this clip. It ministered to me. So Adam, if you want to unmute the computer, and then Nick, if oh, Adam's right here. So was, let Adam uh, run back there real quick. Oh, you got it. All right, turn it up. Field that, last, uh, that last time after losing to the Patriots, I wasn't able to be a part of that thing. But I don't know what it was. There's just this vision that God revealed to me that we were going to come back. We were going to be a part of a Super Bowl. We were going to win it. And... Uh, and somehow, somehow, I was going to walk off the field as the MVP of the game. And I shared that with my wife because I couldn't tell anyone else, obviously, what that was. But from the moment this postseason started, there was just a belief. Every game, it was just, it was written already. Um, it was written already, and, and I just got to play free knowing that, uh, you know, I got to play from victory, not for victory. I got to play in a place where I was, I was validated, not from anything that happened on the field, but because of my worth in, in God and in my Father. Is that it? Is that where? Okay. Uh, so he said some really powerful things in there. I was validated not by anything that happens on the field. I was validated not by anything that happens on the field but validated by my father. So if I can put that in my own words, he got a revelation of God's love. And that revelation of God's love validated him and his life. 
And because of that validation, he said it in his own speech, I played free. <laughs> and what's so cool about it is I don't know if God really chose them, but he said he went out there with the belief that it was already written. Listen, you need to believe that God has already written your story because he has. The Bible says the steps of the righteous have been ordered by God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I've come to give you plans to, to plans to bless you, to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you an end. He has written your story. Amen? And he has a plan for your life. And that plan is a good plan. And the way you walk in that plan is you receive his love. And remember what we said. There's only good things for you in the depths of his love. There's nothing bad for you in God. There's only good things. And he got a revelation of that. And he said, you know what? I'm liberated. I don't have any pressure to perform. I don't have any pressure to win a Super Bowl. God's already written this plan. I believe in God. I believe in what he said about my life. I'm going to go do my thing. And he let that empower him. Now, he's the only wide receiver that caught a touchdown pass in every playoff game that he's played. And when he came out of high school, listen, he had no offers from college. Alabama wasn't reaching out to him. Auburn wasn't reaching out to him. He found this small Division I school, Eastern Washington. And he went there and played, and they didn't even pay for his schooling. His wife, girlfriend at the time, had to work two jobs so she could pay for their schooling so he could play football. This is an amazing story. Now look at this next graphic that we're going to put up. This is him after the game. This season, he won the receiving triple crown. He won offensive player of the year. He won the Super Bowl MVP, and he won the Super Bowl. Now look at that. Does anyone know who Jerry Rice is? Jerry Rice is like the GOAT when it comes to wide receivers. This dude had a remarkable career. Now look at this. Jerry Rice is the only wide receiver in NFL history to do all those things in his entire career. Cup did that in a single season. Dude, I don't think for anyone that doesn't play football, you don't understand what I just said. But anybody who understands football, I wish I would have looked it up, but I think Jerry Rice played football for like 15 years professionally. 20 years professionally. I mean, he played a long time. He played for the San Francisco 49ers, and then I think he went somewhere else. He ended up on the Denver Broncos somehow for like a year. He's like, I'm still playing when he was like 45 or something. What's that? Did he play for the I knew he went there for a stint. But it took Jerry Rice. If you talk to any person who knows about football, the avid football fan, the casual football fan, I guarantee you they've heard of Jerry Rice. And what Jerry Rice achieved over his entire career, Cooper Cup achieved it in one year. It's remarkable. It's phenomenal. But I love what he said. Now listen to this line. I didn't play for victory. I played from victory. What does that mean, guys? This is amazing. And we're going to look at, I'm just going to quote it to you. But over in 2 Chronicles, if you remember Jehoshaphat and, and God's children, there was three different armies that rose up against them. And I love the beginning of this story. It says that Jehoshaphat was afraid. And that tells me that, listen, when stuff happens, we have very real emotions. There's concern, there's worry, there's anxiety. We have all these emotions. 
But then it says Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. He went and talked to God. And when he talked to God, God said this to him. Now remember these words. The Lord said, the battle is not yours, but it's mine. And then he said, just go out there. And so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat talked to the council and it said he selected worshipers and singers to go out on the battlefield. I know a lot of you heard this story before. I even talked about it at Saturation Service two weeks ago. And the Bible says that they were out there worshiping and they were praising God and they were thanking him for his goodness. And it says as they were doing that, immediately these three armies became confused and began to attack one another. And it says that they attacked one another until every single one of them was dead. And then Jehoshaphat told his army to go out and get the spoils of that. And it took them three days to bring all the gold. It took them three days to bring all the clothes. It took them three days to bring all the resources back to their camp because there was so much. But I want you to think about this. The reason the worshipers were out there singing, the reason they were out there praising God, the reason they were out there rejoicing wasn't because they were trying to win a battle. They were out there rejoicing because they believed that the battle had already been won. And I believe we've been taught this portion of Scripture wrong. They weren't out there trying to make something happen. God already said something. He said, the battle's not yours, it's mine. And they got a light bulb and a revelation of that. Just like he had a revelation of that. You know what? I've been set free. God's already done this. It's already been written. It's already done. And this is what faith is. It's right now. You believe it's done before you ever see it in this world. Where does that inspiration come from? It comes from the love of God. And when you believe in the love of God, you can believe every battle is won before you ever step on the battlefield. And so they got out there and they praised God. And, and, and this is why when I talk about the depths of his love and having a revelation of the depths of his love, I believe it will change the way we praise God. See, when I come in here on a Wednesday night and Sunday morning and my hands are lifted and I'm clapping and I'm jumping, I'm praising God, not for the things he's going to do, but the things he's already done. Right? The battles that I haven't even, see, you know, in 10 years from now, I might come up against a new battle, but guess what? God, there's no time nor place in the spirit. He's already been there and he's already won that. So when I get there, I just need a faith, and this is what faith is. And you know what's interesting about faith? Catch this now. Faith works by love. That's what the scriptures say. Faith works by love. When you have a revelation of how much God loves you, your faith will work. Because now you believe it's already done and it's already won. Because he loves me so much. He's not, those, those singers and those worshipers didn't believe God was leading them out there to be slaughtered. He believed he was leading them out there because they already won. I'm telling you, when you believe in his love and you receive his love, great things happen. And this is where we get in a little bit of a problem. The story God has for your life is a great story. And the world and other people and even some preachers have tried to convince you otherwise. 
He has a great story for you. And that story has been sealed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the love that he has for you. Amen? I want to pray for you before you go. Father, I thank you that you help us realize the love that you have towards us. And I thank you because of that love, we can be empowered to do great things. But just like that scripture says, we have to open up our hearts and let you in. I pray that every student here would venture further out into the depths of the love of God. Let us go deeper into your love. Let us go deeper into your love. And as we go deeper into your love, I thank you that great things happen. I thank you that we stop. Stop seeing it as a battle that needs to be fought and we start rejoicing in the fact that it's a battle that's already been won. It's not a battle that has to be fought. It's a battle that's already been won. And we see it as a battle already won. We'll begin to rejoice in it. I thank you that you help every single one of us believe in the love of God. And the moment we believe in that love, I believe that's when everything starts to change. So, Father God, I ask that you would just help us embrace the love that you have for us. That would open up our hearts. Open up our hearts and receive the love of God. 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 In Jesus' name. And I pray that we go from this place knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us. And because our Heavenly Father loves us, we can do great things. I ask for this in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We want to remind you, if you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in Madison, Alabama. We are Ablaze Youth Ministries, grades 6 through 12. We hope to see you. Otherwise, be sure to keep on listening to the podcast.